Hi, my name is Nikki Dutton, and welcome to the More with Nikki Dutton podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Before we jump in, I want to explain a little bit of what this is. This podcast is dedicated towards discovering more in our life, in our relationships, our faith, our physical spaces, our home. And so each of the conversations and the episodes point in that direction as we uncover the more in our life together. I'm so happy that you're here. Hey, and welcome back to the More with Nikki Dutton podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I have just crossed a pretty big milestone in my life. And for any of you who have been following along, you might have seen this, but I have been in a master's program for the last four years. And on Friday night, I submitted my very last assignment for grad school. Now, we still have another uh, cumulative exam that's coming up in November. So there's still going to be some studying, still got to do those exams, but I am finally at the end. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I feel really, really excited about it. And so after going in the end of July to my very last class session for this grad school program, I just felt like I wanted to share some of what it's been like to be in this program with you guys. I wanted you to know some of the women that I've met along the way. I wanted you to know a little bit more about the program. And then this could be helpful for anyone who is kind of on the fence of deciding, do they want to go study more in you know higher education, whether that be their master's degree or completing their undergrad, or maybe you're just kind of curious, what is this Propel Women Wheaton College program? And so Before I jump into this conversation with two of my favorite friends, I have Aubrey Sampson on the podcast today, and I also have Taylor Carlier. Both of them have been in this cohort with me since day one and have become lifelong friends to me. But before we jump into their conversation, here are some of the basics about the Propel Women Wheaton program. So the master's program is actually in evangelism and leadership. So at the end of the day, that is what your master's degree is in, and the reason Propel Women is affiliated with that is that we actually have a Propel Women cohort that you're able to join into. And there's about 20 women in each cohort. And within that cohort, you go through the learning. I will say this. We've been in the program for four years. The program is not four years for everyone. Uh, We were the very first program to go through the very first cohort. And that means that we kind of figured some things out along the way. So the program looks a little bit different in style to the way that I did it. But Even so, there are brand new Propel cohorts that you can join into to pursue your master's in evangelism and leadership. And what's really cool about that is that these women that join in the cohorts, um, it's all women from a variety of ages, a variety of ministry backgrounds, and a variety of life stations. So some of the women are not in full-time ministry. You don't have to be in full-time ministry to do this program. So that's important to know. Uh, But all of us just have this desire to know more about the gospel, to know more about how the gospel interacts with culture, and just to explore what that could look like for our life and for our slice of history that we occupy. So that's the best way that I can describe it. And we do learning in person, which is amazing. And you actually get to go for a week at a time, and you get to actually be with your cohort with a professor learning in class. But in order to shorten the program, I do believe there are also some online classes that happen as well. 
well. So at the end of this episode, I'll come back on and just give you a little bit more instruction if you want to know more about how to apply to be a part of one of the Propel Women cohorts. I'll include that in the episode notes. But also, if you have any further questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram, which I'll include down below. And you can also just um, ask any questions that you have. And you can look up Taylor and Aubrey's Instagrams too, and they can answer questions as well. But we just want to give you a glimpse into this really, really special, really incredible program that we've gotten to be a part of. Okay, welcome to today's episode. I have two of my friends from my master's program on today's episode. I have Taylor Carlier and I have Aubrey Sampson. And I'm going to tell you what I know about them and they're going to tell me if I'm wrong. So <laughs> Taylor <laughs> I love this. is from Indy and she works for yes. a marketing company, but she also has a passion for podcast producing on the side. She's really close with her family and she has the most amazing roommate. Did I forget anything? That's pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. And (laughs) Taylor and I have stayed in the same Airbnb when we've gone to our in-class sessions like most of the time, like almost every semester. Pretty much my favorite part of school. And this last time I had her rank me and our other roommate on where we fall in the roommate rankings of her life. And for the sake of this being public, we won't disclose what those rankings were. Yeah, that feels wise not Um, to share that. But... We did pretty good. We felt pretty high. You were really high. I mean, I think, what did I say? That I counted about like 36 roommates and yes, you Taylor. over my lifetime and you yes. guys were like four and five. Yes. Aww. I know. I know. So <laughs> pretty I mean, high. I, I wasn't going to put that information out there, but you I heard just, it from her, I mean, you know, directly from the source. And then we <laughs> also have Aubrey Sampson here and her and her husband, Kevin, are amazing. And they're the pastors of Renewal Church in West Chicago. And you are also are an author and you are on a radio show and you're on a podcast. So you kind of right. do a lot of things, but you have three sons. Is that right? Yes. Nikki and they all so have best. birthdays like right around the same time. It feels like everyone's <laughs> had a birthday. So crazy. <laughs> they have all had birthdays this week. It's so crazy. Oh, well, am I forgetting anything about you? What else? No, do you that's great. You? you did. You did fantastic. Thank you. And you love the Enneagram. A lot. I have loved the Enneagram for over 20 years now. Yes. Yes. Love the Enneagram. Yes. And you didn't jump on that bandwagon. Like you actually like have been a part of all this. Yes. In fact, I kind of kick myself because I really was on the Enneagram bandwagon 20 years ago when Kevin and I were telling people about it for the first time. And I don't know why I didn't like (laughs) write an Enneagram book or like use what I knew. I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to become a thing. So I'm kind of kicking myself for that. You could have been. (laughs) I missed my calling. (laughs) Well, and the way we all came together is because we all signed up to be a part of the very first cohort for the Propel Women in Wheaton College master's program. So we're all getting our master's in evangelism and leadership. And we have been in class together with which what feels like decades. <laughs> yes. But it's actually only been about years. four years, right? Yes. It's been four about. years. Isn't Give that crazy? <laughs> yes. yes. And we are actually coming up on the very, very end of our time together. Mm-hmm. And as of Friday at 11.59 Central Time, all of our assignments were submitted. Well, you Woo-hoo! guys always submit yours Woo-hoo! early. 
Yes, we well, ours, all submit ours. We submitted early. ours a couple weeks ago, but yeah. it's fine. It's fine. In our cohort of like about 20 women, Taylor and Aubrey always do everything weeks ahead of everyone else. And so I'm not it's on not, that same level. It's not because we're better than everybody else. It's because we um, don't have the patience to think about things for too long. We want like. them off our plates. Yeah, we, we are just, so similar to, in that way. Just we get, have to get we them have out of our brains. move on space. to just get yeah. it done. Yep. I can respect that. I can respect that. And like I I told you guys I just I felt like I wanted to have this episode dedicated to this program we've done and just to kind of like look at it from a couple different directions and so that if someone's interested in knowing more about it or if they have any questions maybe this like episode could be a good resource for them and so I will I'll kick us off with the first question and I would love to know from each of you how did you find out about this program and what made you apply so how did you find out about it and then what was the thing that just sent you over the edge like okay yeah I'm actually gonna do this um, I'll pop in Taylor. This is Aubrey talking and then I'll let Taylor answer. <laughs> um, I, so I, I'm a little older than both of you young ladies. Um, <laughs> I had started my master's program several years ago at Wheaton college in a different uh, degree in the biblical studies program. And then I got pregnant. I fell pregnant, um, <laughs> with my, I can't remember which son. I think it was my first son. And I, at the time I was like, I cannot be pregnant being grad school. So I stepped, I pulled out of the program. And since then I have just thought, okay, Lord, I, that's a dream of mine. I don't know where it fits into my life. I hope one day this happens, but I wasn't really pursuing it. Every once in a while I'd kind of go back and think about grad school and then I wouldn't. And then I had more babies and, you know, life just kind of moved on. But then someone sent me an email, um, when, uh, Propel, I think, uh, was advertising the program and all of a sudden to hear about this program where it was all women, they were all like in either full-time ministry or full-time marketplace or full-time mothers. And so they were kind of coordinating the program around busy women and busy women in leadership specifically. Um, and then the fact that Christine Kane was going to be in the, our program, at least our cohort, that, to me just felt like, oh, this is it. This is like what I've been waiting for. And the timing was just right. And so I applied and thankfully they already had my like test scores and my other transcripts there since I started a few years earlier. And that was like it for me, like done and done. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's amazing. What about you, Taylor? Yeah. Um, my experience was a little different. Um, I had been about three years out from my undergrad at that time. And I always kind of toyed with the idea of like, maybe I'll go back and get my master's one day, but I didn't really, you know, my undergrad was in communications and I didn't really want a master's in communications. It didn't feel like that was the thing for me. Um, and at the time I had served in my church and done a lot of volunteer leadership and, and had these different opportunities that, um, were awesome, but I felt like I really wanted more than that. Like I wanted another level a next level kind of experience, just understanding God and understanding my faith and, and being trained in ministry in maybe a more intensive way. So uh, I was applying for a bunch of different internships at churches and para ministries and, and kind of just seeking out like what that next thing could be. And then I got an email from Propel Women because I had actually subscribed to their email. I don't even know how much, maybe a year before that is when Propel started. Um, it really wasn't that. It wasn't yeah. that long. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't that long before. But I had been tracking Propel because I was considering like, oh, maybe there'll be an internship or something that pops up with Propel. 
And so I kind of just wanted to keep my eye on them. And I, like Aubrey, I really appreciated the fact that Propel um, melded together the leadership in the marketplace with, mm-hmm. you know, ministry. And that was my experience. I, I've been working in in different communications mm-hmm. positions for a long time. And so uh, I just was attracted to that. And then that email came through. So you know, maybe this is a plug for marketing as well because yeah. it works. Honestly, that's <laughs> really? what I was just thinking because that's <laughs> that's how I found it too was I had attended an yeah. event and fell into the email marketing campaign like any good event does, you know, right. they loop you in. And that's how I found out about it as well. So mm-hmm. especially for our Propel Women team that are listening, that's encouraging. Yeah. But I think yeah. it is it, it is just interesting. It was something that caught all of our eye. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you get so many emails, so many things in a day, but there was just something about this one that just kind of made sense and just aligned with what like each of us were looking for. And then if, as we've gone through this program over the last four years, I mean, what would be a lesson that you feel like has stuck out to you? Because we've had so many classes on organizational leadership and evangelism Mm -hmm. and prayer and ministry and church. I mean, what's something that as we're kind of coming to the end of the program that you're like, wow, okay, this, this has stuck with me. This stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Obs, you want to go first? Oh, I feel like I have to, I need more time to think about it. You go first, Taylor. (laughs) My, what, what sticks out to me every single time was actually something from a class that I think was maybe our first semester or second semester. So it was a long time ago. And it was when we talked about the idea of Shalom, actually. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And Shalom, the, I never really heard, I didn't, I've been in the church my entire life and I've never heard anything taught about Shalom. Mm-hmm. I'd heard the word before, but I really had no idea what it meant or why it mattered to my life. And so, um, you know, we learned, I wouldn't even say that our lesson was very long about Shalom. Um, no, it was pretty we, brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it just seemed to stick with me personally, and so it became something that I then studied for myself on my own time and just kind of learned the fact that, you know, in the midst of, like, chaos and trials and, um, you know, anxiety and everything that we go through in our lives, that God can bring a peace that passes all understanding yeah. that yeah. is, like, regardless of our circumstances, which mm. I just – I. I, I knew that, but I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so exploring and understanding and learning more deeply about Shalom really changed the outlook of my life and the direction mm-hmm. of my life and, mm-hmm. and what I feel and, and, and multiple layers, you know, personally who I am and then how I do ministry and how I yeah. lead yeah. and that I could pass that piece on to other people and say like, you too can have Shalom. Like in the theme of this podcast, you can have more than, than, living a life of chaos. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. You know, Mm. I I think hearing you talk, Taylor, that helps me think of what the thing that has stood out to me. And um, it also, I think the gospel became bigger. So like we're talking about the the gospel became more, I I came into Wheaton from a pretty like solidly evangelical, I would say even reformed background where like we are taught justification by faith. Like that's kind of the salvation you're taught. And that's amazing. That's wonderful. Like praise the Lord that he took our debt, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, in one of our first classes, I remember that we were also taught about Christus Victor, which is Christ being victorious over evil. We were taught about Shalom, the Lord's peace. We were taught about the kingdom of God coming to earth. And just mm-hmm. 
in my mind, that was the first time I realized how great and large a salvation we have, Mm -hmm. that it isn't just this one thing, our debt being paid. Now, certainly that is, praise the Lord, that that is part of it, but it's also all of these other elements. And Mm -hmm. um, God overcoming evil, God making all things new, I think that to me was just mind-blowing that you realize what... God's Jesus's saving work is so much bigger than yeah. than I understood coming into the program and that mm-hmm. was pretty incredible. I mean, yeah, that changes everything. It changes mm-hmm. the way you do ministry, it changes the way that you approach the Lord personally, both of what you said. It it just it just reframes your perspective yeah. on yeah. God and how he's working within the world and I think being in a program that is about evangelism it's one thing to teach methods of how to evangelize it's another thing to almost like put a torch in someone's chest that like mm. makes them want to share like the gospel yeah. That's and I right. think in both of those ways it is it it made as if it was possible, it made the Lord that much more appealing. It made him Mm -hmm, that much mm -hmm. more powerful. It made his work like that much more everlasting, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is what compels you to go and share Christ, not just having these methods. I think too, for me, and this is probably the whole program in general, it gave me a why behind what I believe. Mm, Yeah. It it gave me a deeper understanding of like what, like I, I had the knowledge, like I had the awareness of, of my faith and, and what I learned my entire life. Um, but it like put the final puzzle pieces in place for me. Mm, That's good, Taylor. Totally. I mean, and even kind of along that, what would you guys say is something that surprised you that happened at some point along the way that it just took you off guard? Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing, you know, or Mm. maybe it's neutral. Just something that surprised you about the program. Huh. I, this is maybe not exactly what you're asking for, but I, again, I'm, I'm coming from a very specific background. I went to Wheaton undergrad. We live around mm-hmm. Wheaton. We're around sort of the Wheatony evangelicals yeah. in our lives all the time. Yeah. And so to come to have Wheaton and Propel be married to one another, where Propel is definitely more pulling from a charismatic Pentecostal mm-hmm. group of women, to be in class with women that had such a different ecclesiological, um, formative, like spiritual formation than me was incredible. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that I've never, I mean, I, I went to a vineyard church. Kevin and I went to a vineyard church when we were first married. It's not that I, we lived in Zambia. Like we've been in Pentecostal circles. But to learn at a scholarly level with women who are in a different tradition than me mm-hmm. was so meaningful and yeah. so powerful and shaped shaped my own walk with God because I feel like I learned more about the Holy Spirit and learned more about the, mm-hmm. not just intellectual, that was certainly part of it, but also like how, how the spirit transforms us. And that surprised me. I didn't expect that because yeah. I expected it to fit into the Wheaton box mm-hmm. and it kind of didn't in some awesome <laughs> ways. Yeah. That's a, fu- that's actually funny, Aubrey, that you say that. Cause for me, in some ways it was the opposite because I grew mm. up charismatic. Yeah. And so I was like coming in and not really understanding the the differences that we had had mm-hmm. in in my own faith. Um but I so but I also like you learned then from other women like yourself that were more grounded in a reformed background to like appreciate things like the sacraments. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, or like things that just like we never really held in high esteem in that way where it was like a focus of like a church service. Like that was just not, you know, what I was used to. And so I learned, you know, and even we had a professor, Dr. Emily McGowan, who oh, was 
legendary. <laughs> yes. Um, and like she taught me an appreciation for baptism that I've never had right, or right. for even like the Catholic faith and saints and, and what holding certain like rituals and things sacred mm-hmm. can do for mm-hmm. your faith. And so mm-hmm. it helped me become more grounded when I lived in a very Holy Spirit centric yeah, yeah. like upbringing. And so I think that was probably surprising yeah. as well for me was that it was the opposite of you. <laughs> right. And something you both mentioned is that this program happened within a cohort of only women, which yes. is very different. Um, that's very different, not just for Wheaton, but for any evangelical right. like higher education system, like having only a group of women come through a program. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe that we're the first group of only women in a cohort to make it through a master's program at Wheaton. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how would you speak to that? What is the power that's in having women uh, specifically in this program, Learning Together, why only have women? I mean, how does that interact with this whole idea of learning more about faith, evangelism, and leadership, especially like in relation to what's happening in the world today and especially in the church world today? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I loved learning with women because I do think in the evangelical church, women have been at a major disadvantage when it comes to education. I think most women weren't sure like if God maybe was calling them to seminary or God was calling them to an advanced degree, they were like, surely that can't be right. Or they didn't have voices in their head, even even challenging them to consider mm-hmm. that. At least, again, I'm a little older, so that's very true of my generation of women. Like I have friends just now that are going back to get their seminary degrees because they knew mm-hmm. God was calling them years ago, but it wasn't an option in their minds for them to be called to seminary. Because mm-hmm. yeah. then that means they're called to be pastors and women mm-hmm. are, you know, I mean, so it's the whole. So I think in one sense, it felt very redemptive to be mm-hmm. with a group of women because it was like, yeah. no, the Lord has called us and gifted us. And, and and there was something powerful about women taking ground for the kingdom of God and doing it together. Yeah. Um, I will also say... Um, you know, just, I I think being with women who are leaders, being with women who are studious, being with women who are serious about Jesus, that was so meaningful for my own soul. Uh, the friendships formed, I mean, you can't form deep friendships like this. You can in other cohorts, but not with men. I mean, we, yeah. we have like walked through life together in a way mm-hmm. that only women can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some healing took place in each of our lives because specifically we were with women. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a, in one sense, I think it's like a prophetic stance for the next generation of women. Like, look mm-hmm. at what women can and mm-hmm. should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the, you know, the there's some weird girl energy when you first, <laughs> like our first day of class, we're all sort of nervous and sizing each other up. But that mm-hmm. goes away very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think we all realized we were for each other really quickly. Yeah, I mean, this cohort became family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What would you say, Taylor? I mean, Aubrey really covered it. That's like, that's the basis. I would say to emphasize like one of her points even more, I would say that I feel like a door holder. Mm. I feel like our class became a door holder. I feel like the cohorts in general became a door holder for women behind us to say like, hey, you can do this too. Like this is like, if God is calling you to more, to doing more in ministry and life and learning about God, um, like it's possible, like you can be a mom, a wife, a, mm-hmm. you know, a ministry mm-hmm. leader, work in the mm-hmm. marketplace. You can be all these things and still get this degree. And, and so it feels like a privilege to, to, to kind of have trailblaze that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have all 20 of our people on this call because I, I don't know that we can describe to you the type of 
of women that are in yeah. this program. Like it's everything you would expect because every woman is so uh, powerful and just has such like a specific calling on their life. But then it's so not what you expect. I mean, because we <laughs> do like in yeah. our cohort, we have, uh, you know, one woman who is a nurse and she's been a nurse during a pandemic. And mm-hmm. I was telling Scott that I never complained about my assignments publicly because like she was a nurse during a pandemic. Seriously, How right. can I complain about things? Anything, and if, right. Yes, right. and we have a wide variety of ages and denominational backgrounds mm-hmm. and yeah. um, even geographical backgrounds. And so mm-hmm. I think that- We have grandmas in our program we and do. we have like single women without kids in our program. Yeah. Like it's it's a cool um, range. And, and some of the best conversations and lessons we've had have truly been even the sidebar conversations in a class setting, which I think sometimes drove our professors crazy. Crazy, but it was for a point. It was for a purpose. <laughs> or the, the conversations we had over dinner that were really yeah. about that, like where, you know, the younger women were able to speak to about their generation to this older population mm-hmm. that was like, okay, what is it like to minister to Gen Z? What's it like to minister to millennials? And then vice versa, we mm-hmm. had women who were able to speak into our lives and say like, hey, this is something that I've been around this block many times. And this is something to be aware of. This is yeah. a something that could be a hindrance if you're not careful or this mm-hmm. is something that is a might appear to be a barrier and it's not like so don't treat it like one just go mm. just run you know yeah. um and so yeah I wish that I could like more accurately represent how amazing this group of women is and then it's not even just our cohort there are what six cohorts now is that right yeah yeah five or six it's incredible yeah. and, and I mean so there's just so many women uh, represented in this yeah. program and yeah I do think it's significant that it has been something that has been intentionally carved out for women and I do want to say I have so much respect for Ed Stetzer and the way that he's advocated mm. for this program and yeah. just like helped to make that happen because I know he was a big part of that so mm-hmm. I just really really appreciate that and I mean even though it's been so wonderful like there are definitely challenges that come up along the way. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's <laughs> no, not, it is not easy. It is, it is rigorous. So yeah. how would you speak to some of the challenges? What have the challenges been for you hmm. specifically? I, I would say immediately my biggest challenge was actually more of a personal challenge when a couple years ago, some things went personally awry in my family and it became such a centerpiece of my life that it was all I was thinking about, all I was working on, all I was praying about. And so I wrote like multiple papers and assignments just in tears, just trying Mm. to like, I felt like I didn't have the emotional or mental capacity to even complete assignments. But in a lot of ways, completing those assignments helped in my healing and helped in help me process things that were happening in my family and apply that to what was happening, what I was learning. Um, and so those were my hardest moments and challenges was, you know, if you're in a program for four years, there's going to be some personal turmoil and challenges yeah. that are gonna, mm-hmm. that are bound to come up. And so, yeah. but this is different than just going and getting any secular master's degree because God, Holy Spirit is working through the material that we're learning. And in many ways, you know, some of my most important lessons were learned just from, you know, right, completing an assignment. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I would say the the challenging pieces were what you'd expect. It is it is rigorous. There is a lot of work. Um, some classes, especially, I was like, wait, you said you designed this program for women who are in full time <laughs> ministry and mothers. I can't do this. This won't. <laughs> At the end of the day, like we all did get all of our work turned in. Mm-hmm. Or we got extensions if we needed right. to, or, you know. <laughs> right. So, so the Lord was absolutely faithful. There were certainly like days where I was like, "God, I have other things to do. I cannot mm-hmm. write another paper mm-hmm. on whatever cross-cultural communication or something." <laughs> but um, I still believe it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I would just mm-hmm. say that it is a master's level program, right. so mm-hmm. it is not easy. Like it, it, de- it demands sacrifice, and it demands um, a lot from the people around you. Because you yeah. have to say no to things, you can't invest in uh, other things because you're focusing on the program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some, um, yeah, there's some just real expectation that comes with that level of yeah. study. Mm-hmm. But um, so good, like Taylor said, just to have the Holy Spirit work through mm-hmm. you and in you while you're writing a paper is is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I could speak to that, and especially in a way that both of you are going to resonate with, is that lots of life happens during this program. I mean, when you're yeah. doing anything for yeah. four years, lots yeah. is going to happen. And so for me, I was dating, and then I got engaged, and then I got married, and then I moved. Now almost right. two or three times. Like, right. it's just been so much. Um, but obviously the thing that stands out the most is that my dad did pass away mm-hmm. while I was in this program. And not only that, and I think about this so much, for whatever reason, the Lord saw it fit that I was literally in the room with you guys when yeah. that happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that was the way that the Lord saw that fit. And I mean, even I remember calling my husband, Scott, obviously, and he was like, I want to be with you, but I think you're in a really good place and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want you to be with anyone else. And so, yeah, like life happens. And so then you're you're navigating uh, and the professors were amazing yeah, they through were. that. But like you're navigating all of those hard real life things that come with that. And like you're saying, Taylor, you're writing papers in tears or you're like, I don't think I can do this. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. But that's where I would even echo back to the last question is having that group of women, that cohort of women to come around you, it makes all the difference, yeah, you know, and, and it also provides a bit of motivation to keep going because you're like, I want to see these people again. <laughs> I want right. to keep getting right. to see these people every year. And so I don't want to drop the program. I don't want to miss out. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's very unique to my circumstance and to my situation. But I think it is a good example that life doesn't stop just because you decide to get your master's or you decide to pursue yeah. something. Yeah. And it does come at a cost, whether that's opportunity and time or if that's like financial. I mean, it's an investment, you know. Right. Um, and so even with that investment, I know that as we're coming to the end of our program, the big question for everyone is like, okay, what are you going to do with this investment? What are you going to do now that you have your master's in evangelism and leadership? What is the next <laughs> step? And I know that there are some particulars we can't quite discuss, but uh, what would you say might be your next step? Or what are you thinking um, based off of just your prayer time with the Lord? Like, what does this next chapter look like for you at the end of this program? Mm. Well, I think one of the things, um, and we didn't really, we haven't really talked about this yet, but you know, it created a connection point specifically between Aubrey and I, this Mm -hmm. program did. And so we, um, I produced a podcast called nothing is wasted. And, um, the host of that podcast is Davey Blackburn. And a couple years ago we needed a new co-host And um, after prayer and conversations and a lot of things, Aubrey ended up 
um, being the connection point there that we had come on to be the co-host. Um, and so Woo-hoo. now Aubrey and I get to work together in a ministry capacity, which is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine too. And, and so that, you know, that is an example of it, but I think it's so much more than that. It's like, I don't, I don't know that I could even dream of, of what God can do with the program and the relationships and the education that we've got yeah. over the past four years. It's hard to put like my mm-hmm. finger on it. I see it. I see it outworking already just in this mm-hmm. connection, you know, doing this podcast mm-hmm. with Aubrey and, and mm-hmm. getting to do ministry in that way. And, and it's equipped me so much to even produce that podcast. Um, but I, so I think it can look a lot of ways in the future and, and I'm not even sure what that is going to be, but mm-hmm. it feels like, it feels like I'm more equipped now to do the thing that God has called me to do than I probably mm-hmm. was four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would affirm that. I, I mean, there are some possible next steps, like do we keep going and getting a, a doctorate or do we get another master's degree? But I think kind of straight away, uh, Nikki said when she introduced me that I'm an author, like straight away, I feel like it gave me so much rich material from which to write. And I have another book that I'm working on next year. I'll take all of our stuff and somehow Mm -hmm. God's going to use that and pour that out into the book. Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. ultimately, I think what Taylor's saying, what I would affirm is that I don't know necessarily like, does this linearly necessarily lead to this obvious next step, but the calling that God has put on our lives, God has so clearly used Mm -hmm. this program to just build up and enrich in tremendous, tremendous ways. Oh yeah. I mean, it's developed us as, as individuals, as believers, as a community, there's Mm -hmm. been a development that can't be undone, you know, like that has happened over the last four years. And I had a mentor once tell me, she was challenging me. This was before I started this program. She was challenging me to be a better reader. And she said, Mm. if you're a speaker, you have to read or else you will have nothing to say. And that's so true. (laughs) Wow. That's so true. Now I feel like we've read enough books to like, you know, last I, know. A I don't want to read for like a month. <laughs> I don't want to read anything right now. But not even just like from a platform or on a podcast or in a book, but I think in life, like it's given us in ministry something to say. And, it, yeah. and uh, that something to say yeah, comes that's with true. just a lot more uh, intentionality. We've really given a lot of time to think through these different aspects of what it means to be in the Christian faith and what mm-hmm. that looks like for the world and for individuals. And so, yeah, I would totally agree with what both of you said. And um, I wish I was just listening to you talk and I was like, man, we've had like hours and hours and hours of conversations just like between all of us that like, I <laughs> wish that we could just like bring those in. And I wish people could hear them because I mean, Taylor, even you talking about producing the podcast and yeah. what that's been for you and what you like your dreams for that. I mean, I would just would love like for us just to talk about that for hours. Cause I just think it's so helpful. You know, it's just such a clear example of like how these two things collide, like not just getting an education, Mm -hmm. but actually like putting it into practice um, in a way you wouldn't expect. But yeah, Yeah. and I know we can't go on for an hour. Taylor could affirm that because she understands the podcast. (laughs) She knows. She knows podcast production. Yeah, we'd we'd have some drop off. We would have some drop off in our listeners. It would not happen. And with that, I do kind of want to just bring this to a close. I mean, I want to give you guys, before I ask this last question, I want to give you guys space. Is there anything you would add, anything you would say um, before I ask you just like one final question? I think the one thing I would say is that sometimes you can um, 
there's an idea for some reason that like academics and faith don't go hand in hand. But I would say what the three of us have been saying here is that actually our faith has grown deeper and yeah. probably realer because specifically because of this program and the way we did it, the fact that we did it in community with other women. And so I, I think if you're thinking about that, like don't let that that fear set that aside because mm-hmm. God will use this in in just tremendous ways, mighty ways to build your faith up yeah. in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think too that like if God calls you to do this master's program or another's master's program yeah. in this, that he is going to equip you to do it. Like he's going to get you yeah. through any season in life that comes up, any challenge that comes up, um, every assignment that you need mm-hmm. to turn in by a certain yeah. time. Like he's been so faithful throughout mm-hmm. this entire program. And I know that he's going to do that for you too. If that mm-hmm. is something as a listener that you are seeking out mm-hmm. that he, if he calls you to it, he will equip you and take you through the entire thing. And I, I would say that that ever since we ended our last class, all I've been doing is just like replaying this record in my head of gratefulness mm-hmm. of just being like, God, I'm so thankful that you got me to the other side of these four yeah. years, that you paid every tuition mm-hmm. bill, that you yeah. like you were the one that like got me to class every time and and mm-hmm. created these relationships and it just mm-hmm. it's just overwhelming at how faithful yeah. he can be when you do what he asks of mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I mean it's been one of the biggest Stay honors Taylor. of my life, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't think any of us hold it lightly like it's been a privilege and that is not lost yeah. on any of us and uh, I think it's something that we'll just get to continue to see like the harvest of over and over and over again like in each other's yeah. lives and as a community and then hopefully has like a whole, you know, generation of Propel Women cohorts come Mm -hmm. together. I mean, there's just no telling like what the Lord can do with that. And it, it truly is. It's because of his faithfulness. Um, you know, because I remember sitting with Scott and we were just dating at the time and saying, I think I'm supposed to do this program. It's a lot of money. It's a long time. I don't know what that's going to look like. And he was like, let's just take it one semester at a time. Let's just take it one semester at a time. And now we've made it to the end, which is just amazing, insane, insane. And you guys have been the best part about it. I've been very uh, unashamed about that, that I think the people are the best part. <laughs> so The people are yeah, amazing. Yeah. And with that, okay, so my last question, this whole podcast exists to help people find more in life, whether that's in their faith or friends or family, whatever. It could even be in career. What is one way that you've found more in your life that you would encourage the listeners with? I love that question. And I love the theme of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks thanks so much for having (laughs) us. Um, I would say that uh, a few years ago, I went through a really dark season of just grief and sickness. And our youngest son, Nolan, was going through some awful things. And the Lord led me to a spiritual director at the time. And I spent four years, almost as long as the program, four years with her. And... um, she led me through some something Taylor actually talked about, like ancient spiritual practices and sacraments and um, listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, some, some habits really mm-hmm. around my faith that uh, were anchors for me during my season of grief. And especially when I thought, God, I don't know if I am sure I, are you real? If you're real, I'm not sure if I care because I'm yeah. so angry with you. My time with my spiritual director um, gave me the grace and the strength to have to keep going and to find God in a really, really intimate, intimate, powerful way. And I would say that has been the, in the past season, besides Propel, being with my spiritual director has been the big more Mm -hmm. in my faith journey. So I would recommend everyone find yourself a spiritual director, 
someone who can listen to God with you and walk you through some spiritual practices, really, really meaningful for your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would echo that um, also and, and say that my more was definitely found through dealing with my own pain and suffering. Mm. Um, and that's just to take it to that place. We produce yeah. a podcast yeah. about yeah. suffering. So it yeah, feels like do. it's the only sure. thing that ever goes through my head. Um, but you know, I didn't have a, I haven't had a spiritual director, but I've had counselors and I've had, um, support groups and I've just done my own healing work by, you know, find piecing together different things that I found along the way from books and authors to, you know, taking up yoga and, um, cycling and I don't just, just so many things. And so, um, I just really feel like in order for me to find more, it's been me putting an effort into, you know, going into, into my pain and suffering Mm. and, and realizing that joy is actually found going through and working through those things rather than avoiding Mm. them. And that's been, I mean, a good four year, five year Mm. journey for me, um, that I'm still on. And, and I just, I've just seen the fruits of that and how it's changed me as a person and how God has changed me as a person Mm. because I was willing to go there and I'm still willing to go there. And I, Pray that I continually mm-hmm. go there mm-hmm. um, yeah. to find that. So, mm. man, that's good. That'll keep people thinking for a long time. Yeah, really. <laughs> that's a lot to chew on. Yeah, I mean, there's no like great roadmap for yeah. it, so it's like hard to even put into right. words. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, Aubrey gave you a great handhold with a spiritual mm-hmm. director, but mm-hmm. I think it's really seeking the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to. Um, let him lead you in that yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, and it's such a common experience. We all have those parts of our lives that are just dark, that are just hard, that are just yeah. painful. And having uh, that a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for you to say, like, "Hey, I've, I've come through this. I'm, I'm not completely, you know, over all of these things, but these are some things that have helped me." I think it's just really encouraging for anyone that's listening today that feels like super defeated, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, mean, I love you guys, and I am always cheering you, you on in everything you, you do. I'm so happy that my podcast friends get to know you and get to hear your voice for a few minutes. Yes. So thank you for coming on. And the best news about this is that if they like your voices, if they like your thoughts, they can keep hearing them in a couple different ways. One of them is through the Nothing is Wasted podcast. And I was going to attempt to talk about it. I'll tell people why I love it, but then I want you guys to share just a little bit more about it because I know you know it so intimately. But What I love about the podcast most is that there are some names on there that you're familiar with and that you've known of for a while, but you learn a part of their story that you might have never expected. And then the the episodes that are even better are the ones where you don't know these people's name and they yeah. just come in yeah. with these stories and these, um, yeah, I mean, perspective on hope and joy that you're like, wow, like how mm-hmm. does, how does no one know who this person is? I mean, I think those are the ones I appreciate the most, but how else would you guys describe and just promote the Nothing is Wasted mm-hmm. podcast? We're really passionate about nothing at nothing is wasted about um, empowering people to really partner with God to take back their story. Yeah. So when the enemy is trying to steal, kill, kill and destroy, we're like, nope, we're going to empower you to take back what is rightfully yours. And mm-hmm. I think the stories that we tell on the podcast specifically are... They are some really hard yeah. stories. I mean, sometimes yeah. you will have to be like in a place emotionally to be able to listen. Even, sure. even Taylor and I will sometimes have to text each other like, "Woo, that was yeah. a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Um, because people go through tremendous loss that is sometimes unspeakable and inexplicable and unreasonable. I mean, it's just yeah. 
the enemy is real. Mm. Um, but every single story is a story of how God found someone in their darkness. Mm, yeah. And that's where you're just blown away by the goodness of God. And you're blown away by the fact that, oh, this is actually God and Emmanuel God who is with us in our mm-hmm. pain. And you cannot deny the people's stories because they're miraculous. They're profound. Mm-hmm. They're again, really intimate. Um, just the Lord's kindness in situations where you don't think that the Lord should be kind and he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is it is quite an honor to be yeah. a part of that ministry and part of the work that um, Davey and Christy and Taylor and the whole team are doing. Mm-hmm. Ta- yeah. yeah, Taylor, what would you add as the producer? <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely everything that Aubrey said and that, and that really you get to hear people finding purpose through their pain yeah, in every right. single story, whether there's a bow tied on the end of it or not. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would say that that's, I think a lot of times people think that, you know, coming to our podcast that maybe it, we're just trying to kind of tie that bow on the end and say, well, you know, all these terrible things happen, but then God, and then now it's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's really not the, yeah. the message. The message is to find that hope and that healing and that purpose through your pain and then, and to be ready when, when hard things come, you know, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about training for the trial that you're not yet in. Mm. And so being able to use the podcast as a resource to prepare your heart and mind and, and soul for anything that could come your way. Um, yeah. I just think it's a real grace that we've been given yeah. by being able to hear these people's stories that yeah. we can, we can know, you know, how our God can work in our mm-hmm. own lives if and when um, something comes Mm -hmm. that is hard to deal with. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, I just would encourage anyone hearing this podcast, definitely go over there um, and just, yeah, take a listen to a couple of the most recent podcasts. You'll hear Taylor's voice on there as well as Aubrey's voice, which is really fun. And another thing that I wanted to say is that you've heard Aubrey talk a little bit about her books that she has been working on. And one of them is called Known, and it is releasing on September 7th. So Aubrey, will you tell us just a little bit about Known and what, what kind of message would someone expect to get from known? Yeah. Um, the subtitle of known is how believing who God says you are changes everything. And that's ultimately what the book is about. Mm. It's about who God says Mm. you are. And so it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, not a new message, right? It's an identity in Christ message, but specifically what I've done is walk through almost every, um, image of God verse in scripture and, um, found, how God names his children based on his image that's Mm. in us and really just have personal reflections on each of those names. So I think right now in a world that's trying to label us in so many different ways and is actually sort of making us commodify ourselves so that other people can label us and they can consume us. And it's just kind of yucky out there. Um, This is a reminder of the truth that God has named his children in really redemptive, powerful Mm. ways. And even when we have sort of false names or hard names or wounds, wounded names, God speaks a better Mm -hmm. name over us. And ultimately it's a book that leads to the name of Jesus, who is the name above every other. Mm. Mm. I mean, who couldn't benefit from that, right? And you've worked so hard on it. So yeah, and you can pre-order the book now and then you can Mm -hmm. also watch for it to be released on September 7th. But also in the episode notes, I'll include y'all's Instagrams if people want to follow you there and just like see more of what your everyday life looks like. But I love you too. And I'm so happy you're on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having (laughs) us. 
Thanks for hanging in there with us through that conversation. I can imagine that you fell in love with Taylor and Aubrey just like I have. And hopefully this just gave you a little bit more insight on what it's like to be a part of the Propel Women Wheaton cohort. We've gotten to be a part of the very, very first cohort, which has been super special. But there are other cohorts that are filling up right now and that you can join into. So if you want more information about the Propel Women Wheaton program, I'm going to include that information in the episode notes as well as you can reach out to me on Instagram if you have any questions. And uh, I'll also include the email where you can reach out to Wheaton directly about jumping into one of these cohorts. If anything, I hope that this just encouraged your faith and encouraged your day. 